Hey there, and welcome to the Courtside Chronicles. If you have a passion for basketball like us, then you are in the right place. Join the box score team as we chat all things basketball. Welcome to this week's episode of Courtside Chronicles. I'm your host, Kyle, joined by my friend, John Mark. How are you doing, John Mark? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. This week in the NBA has been, I think we just said it before we hopped on, but the last month of the NBA seems to be a very slow news time for the league. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just seems like it's dragging to the playoffs. Everyone is either upset that how the season's been scheduled and all the news is around that. And it just seems like the players are just done and just want to get to the playoffs. Yeah. The Braum was back. I mean, that's kind of noteworthy. Yeah. And LaMelo. I'm shocked that LaMelo is back. I'm shocked that he made it back because I thought he was gone for the season. I guess it makes sense. You want to get him ready for the playoffs because they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they were slipping too with, with Hayward out as well for the bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had him still as my rookie of the year. I, I still think he's going to win it. So Yeah, I don't think – like no, no other rookie's done enough. And then Wiseman's out for the year. Not that he was even going to compete for it. But Anthony Edwards, his team is just so bad. So bad. So bad. He's turned it on a little bit lately, but you could not – like for what belt ball did, you cannot give it to how can you give it to anybody else? else? Yeah. 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 I agree. Unless you're looking at quickly from the Knicks, who's, mm-hmm. you know, had a great season. That's true. That no one expected, but realistically, it's it's his it's regardless. Mellow. What he what he provided for the Bob uh for the Hornets. The Bob Bobcats. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yes. we're, we're doing a redraft today <laughs> and I I see all these old teams and I'm like I got I'm all confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, the best thing ever. My our one of our friends just brought all these little mini these like little mini what are these called? Like flags. Like little flags for all the old teams. But like it's amazing, all the old logos and everything. Oh, it's and the Bobcats are in there. The Seattle Supersonics are in here. It's just, it's just sweet. Yeah, I was, so, I was doing the 06 redraft. I'm like, wait, what's the NOK team? Like, what is that? Like, what's the uh, <laughs> Seattle team? Like, I, I have to look up because I just, it's been so long since those teams have been around. Oh, man, the New Orleans Hornets. That logo was sweet. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, other news. Um, apparently, the Phoenix Suns are an incredible basketball team. Who saw that coming? I mean, beyond this year, like, who saw that coming for this year at the start of yeah. the season? I mean, I gotta say, I did have them in my top five in the West. So I want to, I want to say that you know, pre, you know, precursor. But who, who could have seen them challenging for number one? Like they are actually in that position right now. I know that is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's because of Chris Paul, like, let's be honest without him. I mean, Booker's great, but they didn't win and they didn't even make it to the playoffs last year with that team. So it's so funny when you look at the difference from last year's team, right? I think we talked about it briefly last week, but the difference is really Chris Paul, like all the rotation pieces, even their starters are almost the same. You swap out Chris Paul, for Ray John Rondo, or sorry, not Ray John Rondo, for, for Ricky Rubio. Rubio. And realistically, that's really the biggest thing. Kelly Oubre's off the team, mm-hmm. but you bring in Jay Crowder. And, and like it's it's pretty much the same team with Chris Paul. And yeah. they've they they've jumped the first from uh, a, a bubble team. In the West, too. Like that's that's saying something. If it was the East, it'd be like, yeah, you know what, fine, whatever. But in the West. That's crazy. I mean, exactly. If it was the East, they'd all be thinking, oh, they'd all just be complaining that it's just um, like Charlotte. 
It's like, ah, it's just Charlotte. They're winning. It's all yeah. good. It's yeah. the East. Yeah. So, like, we're... Chris Paul, you know, he's coming to the end of his career. I mean, I think he's 35, 36, around there. Maybe a couple more years. But where do you where do you put Chris Paul? Like, after, like, seeing the Suns take over first, like, where do you put Chris Paul of, like, your point guards, like, all time? Like, how do you rank him? Well, okay. So, before the season, he top 20 point guard i don't think anyone questioned that yeah. even top 10 right he's he was borderline there people mm-hmm. would probably complain but most people would be you know you could create an argument for him mm-hmm. now and it's it has to be a little bit of recency i i literally saw somebody post that he's a top three point guard all time all time top three all time top three i'm not sure if i'm at that level yet That's... he's definitely top 10 but it all depends right we've talked about this but it all depends on what you value mm-hmm all depends on what you value. Do you value someone who is like a true point guard? Because when you go true point guard, like John Stockton is number one. Yeah. Like you, it's not even arguable at that point. Yeah. He's yeah. It's not even arguable who plays the point guard position the way everyone expects it to be played and teaches it, you know, yeah. when you're a kid. I mean, and when you lead the league all time in assists as a point guard, like, and even steals too. And it's not even close to even not, second place. Not even close. Right. And the thing about Stockton, he was so good for so long. Mm-hmm. And honestly, CP3 is probably a similar type player where Stockton never won. This is the, the big thing against him, right? He never mm-hmm. won. He was on really good teams with Utah, really mm-hmm. good teams with Carl Malone. Yeah. They just never won. You look at CP3's career, it's almost identical in a sense, right? Just good immediately and for like 20 years because CP3 is going to still keep going, right? He's not yeah. stopping now. He's been good for that long, yeah. for so long at this all-star caliber, leading the league in assists. He's top five all-time in assists per game, like number three behind mm-hmm. Jason Kidd and Stockton. Stockton's number one, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when you look at their careers, they're very similar where they're just, they do what they're supposed to do, but they've never actually won. So what do you value? It just goes to show like how tough the NBA is, right? And you look at like at the, that Jazz team, right? Like going through the Bulls at that time and even the Celtics, like those were incredible teams. I don't blame them for not winning because like, how, yeah, how can you beat the Michael Jordan Bulls? Like you can't, no one did, right? In the finals, when it came down to it, they didn't lose. Yeah. So yeah, what do you value? And I think it just speaks maybe to that, that point guard position and that style of playing, like that true point guard style. It's not an easy way of playing, I shouldn't say that, but it's easy on the body compared to like a big man, right, who's just getting hacked the entire game. Like you can just see the longevity of these players like Chris Paul, like John Stockton, and like, yeah, yeah. they're going to produce at an Nash. all-star. Kid yeah. Nash. They're going to produce at an all-star level for 20 years because it's it's easy on the body compared to the other positions in the NBA. It's- so okay so number one i think we both would agree magic johnson's the best point guard ever to play even though he's like a 10-foot point guard yeah yeah i think all time <laughs> yeah cp3 yeah because yeah he's got the points he's got all the stats he's got the chips like yeah i guess you can oscar robinson number two i think he is a he this, this is the hard part for me westbrook his stats almost looked identical or if not better than Robertson, but no one would ever say he's a better player than Robertson. I mean, maybe we can have this conversation again in 10 years when, when Russell Westbrook has retired. And I think maybe I hope that he'll win by then, but yeah, I could, I mean, he's on this top 10 list here. I think for me, yeah, all time. for me. Yeah, yeah. For me too. And, and 
I mean, some people would probably laugh at that one. I think, yeah, you have Magic Robertson and Jerry West, if you consider him a point guard. But West plays a lot like Curry. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't look the same in their play style, if you ever watched uh, the clips of West play. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if West, I don't even think West played with a three-point line, and he averaged like 28 points a game. <laughs> this is insane to think about that. But yeah. he was jacking shots from everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had a three-point line. So, like, where's Curry? So, okay, CP3, where do you have him? Top, let's say top 10. Who do you have in front of him? Where do you have CP3? Yeah, so I have Magic, like we said, Roy Robertson, uh, West. I think I have Curry, four. And then I have um, Stockton, five. And then Chris Paul, six. Mm. I think. I think that's where I have them. I mean, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, like those like incredible, incredible players. But I just think CP3 brings, though he hasn't won yet, and I don't think he is. Like, I think he's going to be one of those like top players that will just never win. Yeah. yeah. But I think what he provides for the team, like look what he did to this Phoenix Suns team. Look what he did to OKC. Like, look what you put him on any team. They are a top content, like a top playoff team. I don't want to say OKC was like this incredible team, but like they played, mm-hmm. I think, above what people thought they would have last year. Yeah, for sure. And like, how many players can you say that realistically about in the NBA? You're talking about like a LeBron, a Kevin Durant, a Zion, even like, like you put those like top guys on the team, they make that team a contending team. I think Chris Ball has to be on that list, and that's saying something. And Steve Nash was incredible. And I think, I just don't think he was at that for that specific point. He was at that same level as uh, Chris Paul. I'd love That's, to dig into that. Like Nash made the teams better. He made the Mavericks team sure. his own great. For that sure. Phoenix team that he was on was un- unreal. Yeah, for sure. They, they changed the whole league. They mm-hmm. changed it with D'Antoni, like mm-hmm, him, for sure. him and Studemeyer. They changed the league. Yeah. But then, you know, near the end, the longevity piece for Nash wasn't there. But the mm-hmm. peak, the peak greatness was there for Nash over I mean, some and, of these guys. And Steve Nash, like MVP, right? Like two in a exactly. row. Exactly. Like that's incredibly hard to do. Like I think, I think you could split Harris here almost, and like you, I think, I think we could, you could both be right, you could both be wrong by like going either way. I just think, I don't know. Oh, it's 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 hard. Like you, you could easily convince me to put Steve Nash probably ahead of Chris Paul, probably. And like I would be like, yeah, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, at this moment in time, I would I really want to put CP3 higher. I really mm-hmm. want to have my top five when I think about point guards. I don't even know. I I think he's probably eight or nine for me. At me, yeah, I think pro- I think I even have Isaiah Thomas ahead of him. Mm. Isaiah Thomas was good really good for a shorter window like the longevity piece this is the thing right i think i think john stockton is needs to be higher and more considered but then he never won where magic and robertson and west like west how many does west have even curry i think curry's changed the game so much that you have to like just put him higher because of what he's done well like curry is hands down the best shooter who's ever played in in the league like yeah that's saying something i think you have that that's considered it has to be considered for this list yeah i i it's fine so i think cbc right now where he's at is probably in that eight or nine category but i think i have kid nash 
Thomas, sure. Stockton, Curry, West, Robertson, Magic all ahead of him. And Westbrook's right there behind him, you know? Sure. Westbrook stats, like the, the triple doubles. And he's number one. I'm a Westbrook league. believer. Okay. I know. I am. We, we all I am. know that you are. Listen to this. This is a great <laughs> stat that I heard about Westbrook this week. He has the, I think he is or has or is about to take over the all time um, triple double crown, all time. Okay. I think he either is there or is about to pass. I should know that. <laughs> but in all of his games, he's, he, I think he's in it, let's say 200 times around that number. His team has won over 75% of those games that he's triple doubled in. So when everyone complains that he's just a stat stuffer, but his team wins when he stat stuffs. So maybe he should actually do it every game. He should. Because when he does, his team wins. For sure. So that whole complaint of like, you know, he's just a stat stuffer and his mm -hmm. team always sucks. He's not actually helping them win. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, look deeper and he does. For sure. And he has. He has. Yeah. Westbrook is incredible. And I hope he wins at some point in his career because, I mean, that will like definitely etch him into this top 10 conversation forever. So, mm -hmm. okay, let me ask you this. Uh, Chris Paul this year, you know, he brought a ninth seed uh, Phoenix team to a number one in the West. Home court advantage throughout the whole uh, playoffs, likely. Mm -hmm. What will it take? Let's say for Chris Paul to overtake like a Steve Nash, Jason Kidd for you on that list. I think he has to win. This is this is where I go. I flip flop and it, it kills me because I think LeBron's the best player, but Magic or Michael Jordan has more championships. So there's some pieces of me. It's like I actually who's the best player, like best player. Who who would I rather have on my team? Mm -hmm. versus like who has the best like accolades yeah right because you know if i'm picking a player from nba history i'm taking lebron to be on my team for a game of you know a pickup game right <laughs> like yeah, easy sure. over anybody it's like he's gonna dominate and be the best teammate ever he's gonna give me the ball like michael's <laughs> not gonna let me play <laughs> well at that point i'm like yeah michael like one of three michael's <laughs> gonna win like <laughs> but yeah i think cp3 has to this season he has to take Phoenix all the way to the finals this season. If he can do that this year, I think he gets pushed up there. And I think if they, if they, whoever comes out of the West, I think it's, it's a wash. They're going to win. They're going to clean out the East. You think over think like even, a, a, even a Brooklyn I, team? That makes I sense? don't think anyone is a real competition to the West, to the top teams in the West. I don't, I don't even see it. I don't even see that as a reality. So I think if they can make it there, I mean, if Phoenix or Utah make it, okay. There's a, even though they're they're one two, <laughs> yeah. It's, but but the Lakers the make it, then that gets win. a wash. Yeah, the West will still win. I think no matter what happens this season, the West wins it. Uh, but if CB3 can make it through the West and then win, I think he moves up this list for sure. It's just like he never he's never won like the major individual awards, right? Yeah. So when you're looking at those total accolades all time, but he, if he can bring his team there, I think in a lot of people's eyes, he'll get, he'll jump up into that borderline top five. For sure. Realistically, what do you think? This, I know we kind of touched on this last week, but the Suns, you know, okay, now they're first, they clinched the, they clinched the playoffs berth. What are their chances? Realistically this year, what are their chances? That I want to believe in them. I really do. But I think in the NBA, there's always been this trend of you make it a few times and you lose. <laughs> it, there's not really a one hit wonder, mm -hmm. right? 
you don't really see that in the NBA. So yeah, they had some good players on the team, but I think they're too young and too inexperienced that I don't think you can go four series wins. So I don't see it being the reality of them making it there and winning, Mm -hmm. but if he can do that, like when was the last team who won that wasn't good for a few years already and had had disappointed seasons, right? So, you know, people might even point to the Raptors, but the Raptors were the top team in the East for five years before they won. Yep. They lost in the quarters and semifinals to LeBron like four times in a row. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they weren't there yet. It's not like they were in a playoff team that came in and then went all the way. I don't think that's happened. I might be wrong, but in the 20 year, I don't think that's happened that as I long as I've been caring about basketball. A team that is like not in the playoffs one year, the next year win. Yeah, I don't think that's ever, and my, to my knowledge, happened. So. so I don't see it happening for that alone. Yeah. I mean, but if he does it, he moves if, up my standings. <laughs> Golden State makes that eighth seed. Like that's a tough, I think that's a tough series. Like I think Phoenix will win, but it's not going to mm-hmm. be like a four or five game series. That's a six, seven game series, I think. Yeah. Right, like the level that Curry. Curry's playing at right now, like, I don't think you can count that out. And again, he's won multiple times. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely, I think I'm rooting for Phoenix from the West. Like I think that'd be really fun and good. And I, I love Devin Booker. And I think this is just great experience for him is, you know, one CP three, if he stays with Phoenix for the next two or three years, like this is Booker's team. And mm-hmm. I don't see why he couldn't lead the Phoenix to top four in the West every year. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just thinking about it. the last team who who wasn't the playoff team and won were two teams that LeBron played for. So, <laughs> I, oh yeah, I guess the Cleveland team, the original Cleveland team. <laughs> uh, well, Cleveland when he came back, they were mm-hmm. not a playoff team that's with true. Kyrie, and the Lakers were not a playoff team before he got there. Oh, that's right. Miami was because like Dwayne Wade, Wade was great, yeah. but the the difference on like. Yeah, I mean, LeBron factor, like CP3 is not LeBron. If he does win this, then there's going to be some conversations about how great he actually is, right? But it's craziness. I I don't see it. I I saw a stat about CP3. It was like last week. And like Phoenix went on a little bit of a a winning streak. And I think in that winning streak, he had 80 assists and like one turnover or something. Like, yeah, he's wild. Like, that's insane. It's yeah. yeah, true, true point guards. He's yeah. top five. Oh, true yeah. point guards, top five. But when you look at like just players who played that position and, mm-hmm. and different people like Oscar Robertson or Magic, who maybe mm-hmm. were in that true point guard, mm-hmm. or even I, even Curry isn't like, in my opinion, a true point guard. Sure, like it's not really, a, he's not really there to make his team better. He's there to score the ball, right? For sure. Well, yeah, I think that the definition of point guard maybe has evolved over the time mm-hmm. for when like Stockton and Robertson and West played. I think it's it's changed a bit and. You know, when you get guys like even like a Rondo, you get guys like, yeah, like these guys mm-hmm. that look Andre like, Miller. Yeah. Andre Miller. Do you remember him? Played for Denver. He's mm-hmm. top 10 all time assists. Mm-hmm. But you no one would ever have him on like this kind of list, right? But like he was a pure point guard. Yeah. I just think it's like the, the NBA is right. It's very, it's transitioning to that positionless game, right? Mm-hmm. And you see it with yeah. Steph. You see it with. Like look, like that Golden State team, like that that era, like any, everybody could play any position, and anyone could score at any time, like, like that's I think where we're seeing the NBA going. We're seeing big man right, like it's almost a requirement now that big man has to shoot the three, right? Yeah. Bar Rudy Gobert, who's not even that bad from like shooting, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, true. Yeah. Hey. 
All right. Well, let's move on to, I guess, I guess our last topic, but the media's topic is we're going to redraft a couple of some of the drafts the past couple of years. So we're going to start off with the 06 draft. Now as a Raptor fan, this is like a bittersweet draft for us because we had the first overall pick. And looking back, you're like, what a stupid pick that was. But like primo pasta and sauce. <laughs> like, oh, sick. It's just crazy. So I'll recap the top 10 and then we can kind of go from there. I think we're we're going to redraft what the top 15 or something. In this, I think we do top 15 here and okay. then top top 20 in the 13 draft. Okay. So I'll, I'll go to, I'll, I'll, I'll redraft the top, fi- I'll, I'll draft the top 15 and how it went. And then we can talk about our picks. So first overall, Toronto picked up Andrea Bargnani, uh, Chicago, LaMarcus Aldridge, Charlotte, Adam Morrison, Portland, Tyrese Thomas, Atlanta, Sheldon Williams. Uh, sixth was Minnesota and Brandon Roy. We'll talk about later. Uh, seven was Boston and they picked Randy Foy, Houston, Rudy Gay, uh, Golden State, Patrick O'Brien, Seattle, Muhammad Seen, Orlando was JJ Redick, uh, the New Orleans. What's that? Kid? I don't even remember now. What, what team was that? What? The New Orleans Hornets? The Hornets. Why do I, what is basketball reference has it at? They had it some weird and okay. Oh, Pelicans. Okay. They have it as Pelicans. Never mind. Um, Hilton Armstrong, Philadelphia at 13, picked up Tabo uh, Cephalosha, uh, Utah, Ronnie Brewer, and then 15, uh, the Pelicans again, or the Hornets, whatever, C- Cedric Simmons. That's your top 15. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> you think looking back now, and then we'll get to you know our top 15 from this year, basically. It looks a lot different, this list. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So, okay, so I, I think... The top of this draft is easy. I think some, okay, Adam Morrison drops drastically. Adam Morrison was a third pick in this draft. No wonder Charlotte sucked for so long. They made some very <laughs> poor decisions. He doesn't even make the top 15 in a redraft. Yeah. Uh, Tyrus Thomas, that was it. I think uh, the Chicago and Portland traded Thomas for Aldridge. There okay. was a trade there. I'm not sure what else was involved, but that was that took place. Because Aldridge, yeah, was on, uh, yeah, yeah. Somehow that took place. Somehow Brandon Roy, I, I don't I exactly remember what, who, like the trades and all that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. this is not a very deep draft when you look into it. Well, it's the top no, but there's some, I think there's some good players in this draft that either went undrafted or went second round or late first that are like good players. Yeah. Okay. So let's do this. Let's go biggest riser first. Who is your biggest riser? For me, the person that moved up the most was Paul Millsap, who originally got drafted uh, 47th. I have him third, going third overall, and just moving up 44 positions. Mm. I guess you could say undrafted. I don't know how you would put that, rank that. Yeah. But I have uh, J.J. Barrera at seven, and he was undrafted. I have C.J. Watson, who was undrafted, going 13th Mm -hmm. overall. So... Those are my three biggest movers. Yeah, yeah those are big. Yeah. And I, I think you, if Mil- Millsap is top three in this draft, no matter how you look at it, mm-hmm. like hands down, Millsap, I cannot believe you on 47th. He's got to be one of the best late round picks ever to ever. Ever. Like ever. <laughs> like not just this year, ever. 
I think Rondo makes a huge jump from the back of the first half, the first draft, uh, first round, sorry, coming up in that top five for sure. Yeah. Yep. You know, and um, Bargnani, as as painful as he is going number one, I think he doesn't drop below ten. For me, I think he still stays in that top ten. I have him tenth. Yeah. Yeah, another big riser for me, and like no one really cares about him, but Daniel Gibson, who played a lot for Cleveland, mm-hmm. he. His number, he's top 15 in points scored and a couple of different things. He's in the top 15 in this draft. And he was the 42nd pick. So it's not like he was even projected to be good at all. Uh, and then, like, uh, this is where we might differ. My first pick in this draft, if I was redrafting today with all the knowledge that I have from then till now and what could still come in this future, I'm taking Kyle Lowry, number one. That's a very valid pick. <laughs> yeah. He originally went 24th, but I take him over Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. This is where, yeah, you and I differ where I have Aldridge going first and then Kyle going second. And I think maybe this is just how we value what we value. Maybe more like all mm-hmm. accolades. Yes. Kyle Lowry, like above Aldridge, but yeah. I try to put my, my head in the mind of GMs back in 2006. And back then what, what mattered most to these GMs? It was size, like the like big players reign the NBA. And I just think Aldridge for what he provides. And, you know, he just retired this year, like the longevity that he gave, he gave he pretty much played at an all-star level for most of his career. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that valued more for those GMs back then. So that's kind of how I played into it. Um, but yeah, accolades for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. When you, when you look at, a 20, 2006 GM picking. Look, look at Andrea the top five Andrea Bargnani picks. went Bargnani, first. Aldridge, Morrison, Sin. Tyrus Thomas, Sheldon Williams. Those are all guys who play power forward or center, right? Adam Morrison might be a wing player, right? But whatever, mm-hmm. he's probably a power forward realistically. So, yeah, what do they value? They value height. height. Length and height. <laughs> who can dominate down low. That's yep. what Tyrese Thomas was. Sheldon Williams is like a – he was like an um, – an athletic big, right? Mm-hmm. Was kind of this new movement they're moving in towards. So yeah, sure. Looking at that, but I think if you're looking at it today and saying who's going to give me the most for this pick, mm-hmm. I think you're most likely going to take Kyle Lowry. I think because all like Aldridge just retired too. I know there's some health complications there, but Lowry is top five in almost every category in this draft. He's number one in value above a replacement player. He's number two in wind chairs just behind Aldridge. He has a championship. He's also played an all-star level for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he still makes his team better where Aldridge was already falling apart the last two years. Um, health, health issues or not, he was falling apart because mm-hmm. big men do that. Right. Sure. So Kyle Lowry could still go for another three, four years at a level that is starter level. Mm-hmm. Right where he's impacting the game on other in other ways. So that's where if I was picking today for the future still, because that's where these guys are, I would probably mm-hmm. take in Larry over Aldridge. For sure. Yeah. Other big movers for me was PJ Tucker. I have him top uh, number eight and he moves up 27 positions originally drafted 35th. So I don't know any other big movers that you have. I would just say Brandon Roy staying in my top six. I think I still have him at number six. Sure. I didn't even he have only, him in my top 15. So, Which is crazy to me because Brandon Roy only played in 300 games. Mm-hmm. 
even though he played in 300 games, he's still the sixth highest scorer from this draft. It's just crazy. Comparative, okay, Mar- LaMarcus Aldridge has played 1,000 games. So that's where guys who are still in the league have him playing. Mm-hmm. Still number six. He's still top five and win shares. He did everything. It, it, I think this is the biggest what if from this draft class is Brandon Roy is probably, if he stays in the league and is still playing today, he's a borderline Hall of Fame player. Oh, 100%. Especially on that team he was on in Portland, borderline. Yeah, it, he was a great player for sure. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, his career was cut really short. But I think that's why I didn't put him on this list, just because of his, his the longevity just wasn't there. And I think that's okay. Cool, you did well for four years, five years, but you know beyond that, like I don't know. For me, like that was huge. But yeah, I. I the fact that he's top five, top six, and some of these stats still from this le- this year is insane. Mm-hmm. The I, reason I, why I would take him over the guys after him, the only the only real argument I think that someone could make for me is probably JJ Redick going ahead of him, mm-hmm. um, because of just like impact longer. But I think Brandon Roy brings more to your franchise than Ronnie Brewer or Randy Foy or Jordan Farmer or Steve Novak, even Barniani. Like I think. If you're looking as a GM, right, you're thinking, who do I want? I want someone who's going to impact my team mm-hmm. and someone who's going to sell tickets, someone who people are going to love, someone who changes the game. And you're going to take Brandon Roy over any of those guys, even if you say, well, he's only going to play for five years. And, but you could have J.J. Redick. Like, I think Redick is probably ahead. But I think if you could say you have him for five years or Cephalosha for 10, you're taking Brandon Roy. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I would personally. <laughs> yeah, even though you're not going to win. I don't know. But, but you're not going to win without like, him. We're going all in for these five years. That's, That's where I think when I'm all four teams going all in mm-hmm. for right now, because you never know what's going to happen to a player tomorrow. That's true. Right? Even KD. Like, you, if, you were, if you were Golden State planning for the future – like you're not you're not trading everything you can at the deadlines to to solidify your team, but he goes down all those things right. Mm-hmm. You never know who's going to get hurt. You never know what's going to happen. So I'm all four teams going all in, because imagine if that team went all in when they had Roy and Aldridge in that team that they did have back then. Mm-hmm. They could have sent some extra pieces around and made some moves and maybe competed at, for a, a chance. Who knows? For sure. I agree. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's too bad. We didn't get to see him really in his prime. It's too bad. So biggest losers for this draft. Who do you like? I mean, it's I mean, gotta be Charlotte. the Raptors. <laughs> well, the Raptors and Raptors Charlotte. as an organization. <laughs> in Charlotte, Adam yeah. Morrison. I could, I, 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 every time I think of him, I just think of a guy with long hair crying. <laughs> do you, do you remember when he lost, when he played for Gonzaga? I don't no, know I don't. if oh. he there's this picture of him just crying on the court at the NCAA tournament. He was he was on Gonzaga. They were one of the best teams that year. They were supposed to win it. And he's just sitting there bawling his eyes out. And then in the NBA, there was moments where he was just crying. Every time I saw the guy, his head was long funny. hair, you know, this Anderson Bears out type hair <laughs> who just got signed again this week. It's funny. Big news, big news. Big, big news. Yeah. <laughs> big news but he just has his long hair and always crying. And all he did was take threes. 
all I remember watching Adam Morrison. Hey, you know, he's a two-time NBA champ, Adam Morrison. Did you know that? I did not know that. He I looks like I'm looking at basket- with. I think the Lakers, uh, uh the Lakers went back to back, right? Oh eight, oh nine, and then nine ten, right? Okay. I did know that. <laughs> How much did he play in those playoffs? Um so he played eight games in 08, 09, and 31 games in uh, 9, 10. I mean, That's he crazy. didn't really play much, but, you know, basketball reference has him as a two-time NBA champ, so. Oh, I mean, his nickname is the stash here, too, apparently, so. Yeah, yes. I, yeah, How can you hard champion? Hair. He looks more like a hockey player than a basketball player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, the Raptors. I mean, the memes that we got about Bargnani. And... I still hold to the fact that if Bargnani was drafted today, he'd be a all-star level player. I it's see just, it. He, Raptor, was the, he was good for his first two seasons. He, yeah, it's just but tough. he was good enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he was good. I think for me, (laughs) the issue here is the Raptors just kind of this, I think started the trend, excuse me, the trend of drafting like white players from Europe. (laughs) Like (laughs) we picked up like Valanchunas later. Not that he was bad. It's just like, I think there could have been better options. And we just like, that was like 10 years later. (laughs) I know, but I started the trend. Like, let's just, you know, yeah. Like in his prime, he was averaging over 20 points a game with the rat. Like, but I don't know. I just, he, he tailed off real fast, like real fast. So I don't know. Oh, I did like him. Yeah. But realistically, <laughs> but, like I'm trying to like imagine I'm 06 here. Like, yeah, maybe you take Aldridge over Bargnani, but like looking at that list now, like that's what, the, what these teams drafted originally. Like I don't blame the Raptors for taking Bargnani. Yeah. Like, looking back now, you're like, Oh, like what a stupid decision, but that's the thing right with the yeah. first pick you're taking the person who who has the most potential mm-hmm. and you're taking a guy you're you're banking on the fact that he could be Luka Doncic or he could not because that's how dominant he was in Europe mm-hmm. right so you're saying Aldridge is great because he probably would have been the pick Adam Morrison eh, like he's great he played great college player but you're like this guy probably has a higher ceiling if he hits it mm-hmm. right and so that's what you're doing with your first overall pick. So it makes sense why they took him. Still, at that time, I think people were, you know, making fun of Brian Colangelo. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? But <laughs> Bruno. So Aldridge, Lowry, Millsap. Yeah. We have we both have Rondo jumping up. Yeah. Rondo was a late first round pick here. And, and like yep. the impact he brought to his team. And he, on the caliber he played, like the caliber teams he played on and won with, mm. like the he's Celtics had a good teams, career. Yeah, good. Rudy Gay stays top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rudy Gay is one of those guys who you just had so much more expectation for in yeah. his career. I mean, yeah, former Raptor too. He just, you know, kind of kind of missed the mark. And I know what the Raptors were going for with him in that trade that we made. But, mm-hmm. I mean, trading him away from the Raptors was the start of – yeah, Raptors like doing us. well, and yeah, yeah. So this draft after Rudy Gay, or I mean, I guess even Rudy Gay, you have so many solid role players, right? Just you got Redick, players, yeah. JJ Barea, PJ Tucker, yeah. Cephalosha, 
Randy Foy. Yeah. And like a lot of these guys don't have the longevity, but like Randy Foy, Ronnie Brewer, even Jordan Farmar and Novak have all mm-hmm. played like really solid roles in on NBA teams and on good careers. Mm-hmm. Just so. yeah, solid role players. Like what most, like most players turn out to be right. These solid role players. You're like, yeah, throw him on a team. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you, he's a net positive. But yeah. really there's about 15 NBA players in this draft though. Realistically. Realistic. Like, yeah. Like Ryan Hollins is a borderline top 15 player in this draft. And he played, probably an average of five minutes a game in his career. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you about this draft. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> I guess you could say relatively weak draft class for like t- at the top end, like top talent. Like no one's like, wow, well, like, this player, like this, like this is a superstar. Like I think Kyle Lowry's probably like the best player on this list. And you're like, He's six foot, like who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so funny, right? Why do we pick this draft and then the next draft? Right? We pick these two because they were impactful for for the Raptors and for Canada, right? Yeah. This next draft we're looking at. Yeah. These two drafts, when we were like, we should do a redraft. These two drafts were like, they both sucked. They both like people were so, had such bad mistakes in these two drafts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 2013, if we're, if we're ready to jump there. Yeah, let's do the it. Number one pick was Anthony Bennett. <laughs> I remember, I remember, because this is like 2012, 2013 was when I really started getting into basketball and like the hype, like as a Canadian, like, yes, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cleveland gets another first round pick. You know, they're the, they were the Edmonton Oilers of the NBA, another first round yes. pick. And I mean, looking at what they passed on, you're like, oh, that's, that hurts. That hurts. But yeah. Yeah. They took Bennett. <laughs> and I don't, I remember around that time, he was not projected as the top overall pick in draft originally. Like he wasn't supposed to be. He had a good college season, mm-hmm. but I think he was so athletic in the yeah. combine and all that kind of stuff that Cleveland ended up taking him. Cause the big, like Old Depot was the big thing in this draft, right? Yeah. He was the big name. Yeah. Even Nerlens Noel was talked about going higher. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yep. So the crazy thing, right? Who do you have number one in your redraft? I don't think any one of us would complain. Oh, Giannis. Giannis. You take Giannis. Anthony Bennett and Giannis is in your draft. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But let's be fair. Giannis in 2013 was not Giannis. Like the kid was a toothpick. And like, I don't, and very spoken with lick of English. Like, I don't like, I mean, I don't he I don't think people projected him to be as what he is now. Mm-hmm. I think well, he just no. <laughs> he had the work ethic and he had the ability and he has like they, they call him the Greek freak for a reason, right? Like he could take a layup from half court and it's not a travel. <laughs> like there's a reason, right? Like it's so like some good other Canadian names too though, like Kelly Olenek. I remember him <gasps> and he played well. I remember watching that mar- that tournament. I remember like this guy, like he's good. All right. Do you want to recap just the top 15 of what actually was drafted? And then we can talk about it. Yes. Let's look at this. So number one to Cleveland, Anthony Bennett, just so sad. sad. Number two, Orlando took Victor Oladipo. There's a lot of serviceable NBA players in this draft. Mm -hmm. This is a nice draft where a lot of these guys are still playing today, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Number three, Washington took Otto Porter. Number four, Charlotte took Cody Zeller. Number five, Phoenix took Alex Len. Alex Len, Phoenix. And New Orleans Hornets took Nerlens Noel. 
Sacramento took Ben McLemore, who, man, that guy's been around the league now. I think he might be out of it officially at this point. Uh, but can, he had can... his chances. Like he, has. he had a lot of hype. Um, number he played one n- game for the Lakers this year, looks like. And, oh yeah. no, he was. He's been on three, t- two teams this year. He was on the Rockets. I'm pretty sure. Rockets, yeah, and then the Lakers. He played one game with the Lakers. Scored ten points. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. And a Laker currently CP, CKCP. Yeah. Caldwell Pope went number eight to Detroit here. Number nine, Trey Burke. Man, Trey Burke was so good in college on Michigan. Yeah. Number 10, CJ McCollum. Dave's favorite player. Man, look <laughs> at that value. Number 10. Number 11, I think this he was the rookie of the year, Michael Carter Williams, right? Uh, to, to Philadelphia. He was definitely yep. the rookie of the year this year. Yep. When number 11, number 12, OKC took Steven Adams with the Raptors pick. And number 13, Dallas took Kelly Olenek. 14, Utah took Shabazz Muhammad. Man, another guy who didn't live up to it. Number 15, mm-hmm. Milwaukee Giannis. 16, Boston took Lucas Neguera. I saw, yeah. That's, <laughs> I can't believe he went that high. That high. <clears throat> that's I wild. liked him 17. on the Raptors. I liked him. Yeah, he I, well. I did too, but yeah. he was he sucked. <laughs> he, was not, he was fun he to sucked. watch. Uh, yeah, for his two minutes. He looked like he was game. high the whole time, but... <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> number 17, Atlanta took Dennis Schroeder. And then number 18, Atlanta took Shane Larkin. 19, Cleveland took Sergei Karasev. 20, uh, Chicago took Tony Snell. And then, you know, I'll tell you just a couple of the rest of the names. 21, Utah took uh, Gorgie Dang, who, you know, has had, you know, played well. He was okay. 22, Brooklyn took Mason Plumlee. Solomon Hill went 23rd to Indiana. Tim Hardaway Jr., 24th to the Knicks. Reggie Bullock went 25th. 26th, Andre Robertson. And I'll end here at 27. Denver took Rudy Gobert. Some good names. Some good names. In the first yeah. round. Good names. Yeah. Wow. This uh yeah. This this draft had some good players that didn't get drafted either. Mm. Robert Covington, Seth yeah. Curry, Matthew Delavadova. Ooh. I hate I hate Matthew Delavadova <laughs> with a burning passion. Watching him play and shoot just like makes makes me cringe. Oh man! But he's had just a good career. The worst. <laughs> oh man, who do you say? So Covington was a undrafted player. Yep, Seth Curry. He, yeah, he's huge. And Seth Curry, yeah. Yeah, and then Delvadova. So, do you think Seth Curry only got to play because his brother was so good? <laughs> well, I mean, thirteen because he wasn't in right away. He didn't yeah. play right away. I th- I think part of it. I think part of it was his name. I mean, he's been okay. He's been a, serv- a serviceable player on teams, and he's done quite well. And he's he can shoot. He can shoot pretty well. I mean, that would really suck if you're like a really bad shooter. Like you know who the and going back to hockey, the the most scoring brother team in the league. You know who that is? It's Gretzky yeah, and Wayne. his brother. Yeah. Who's his brother? One point. I, like one point. Like crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I, but he's been a pretty serviceable player. Done pretty well for the teams he's played. <laughs> okay, so this draft, we were pretty pretty much on par with where we saw the top 20 being drafted here. Yeah. And there's a couple things, and we can, we can talk about it. So number one, we have Giannis. I, no questioning that. No question. 
he's unbelievable. Number two, this is where maybe some people might differ, right? Number two, we have Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Number three, we have CJ McCollum. And number four, Victor Oladipo. Yep. And then it kind of drops off after that in quality yep. of player. So why would you have Rudy Gobert over McCollum and Oladipo? Well, I think what Rudy gives you defensively, like one of the best players to ever play as like a defensive player, right? Like, you know, he's, I think he's a lock again this year for defensive player of the year. Like, I just, I mean, he's a key part of this jazz team. I mean, he's not, he's not the linchpin for the offense, but, but like without, if you take him off that team, they're not as good of a team. And I think he's played at, at a very high level for this, for his whole career. And I, you know, he's eight years in and I think he'll continue to play at a high level barring any you know major injury. I think what they've done, and I think that the Jazz have been a better team, at least as of late in the past three years, than uh, the Trailblazers have with CJ McCollum, and he's a great player. And what he provides offensively it was, you know, a very great shooter and a great offensive player, and probably, probably on looking at this list, and probably one of the better offensive players out of this draft. I mean, besides mm-hmm. Giannis, but like their games are so different. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's tough. And I think you're right. I think overall impact to the team, to Mm -hmm. people getting COVID, to whatever, right? Rudy Gobert tops that list. (laughs) Can you you still picture that moment where he rubbed down everything on that stand? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine being him. You know how bad you'd feel? And you remember, like, I think how he gave it to most of his teams and how him and Mitchell were at uh, at ends and mm. people were worried if this team was going to blow up. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're not, and they did well, and they're still a good team now, but... <laughs> oh, man, I just... Yeah, that, I'm never going to forget that moment in him. And the next day, Rudy Gobert shuts down the league. <laughs> Basically. it was It was inevitable anyways, but... Yeah, it was just it was. funny that it was him first. <laughs> it was. It was hilarious after that interview. Yeah. Oh, my. So, Rudy Gobert, I, I think you're right. I think he has to stay in that number two slot yeah. because already in their careers, he's done more than McCollum or Oladipo. Mm-hmm. So, okay, moving forward, do you think if you had to project the next five, six, seven years, you think it's going to stay that way? Gobert, number two, McCollum, number three? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Portland, have I don't know what it is with Portland, but, like, they've underperformed. I don't know, like, how I, even I could say that at the playoff level. But, like... Okay, at, let me say this. I don't, I don't know how to gets it. traded to Milwaukee, because there's been rumors for the last two or even three years now to go play with Giannis. If he gets traded there and they win before Gobert... Yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah, Gobert could, still gets his win. Like, do you still keep CJ3? I don't. I think you can make an argument, but I don't think so. Just because, like, Rudy Gobert is, like, no one's better than him and what he does in the league currently. Name mm-hmm. a better player. Like, you can maybe say Giannis, you can maybe say Embiid, yeah. maybe say Simmons, but, like, name, name a better defensive player at what he does and provides for you. You can't. No, you just can't, and so I think that's uh, Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher, sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I actually have him for not winning most improved, but like he's to my top three for most improved. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, but yeah, like again, what he gives you with blocks and his presence around the rim, he can even guard at the at, at the at the uh, three point line. So like, he's a serviceable player anywhere, and you you don't, you don't have to even hide him on offense either. He can he can provide you offense, which mm-hmm. I think is so big. And you know what we saw at the end of you know. 2006 to pick these big guys all they did was just dunk and block shots but couldn't shoot worth anything you know Rudy Gobert was like you know kind of you know at the end of that where you know maybe if Bargnani was drafted this year he would have been a really good player and would have stayed who knows mm-hmm. but like yeah. Yeah. So just think of this though imagine Cleveland got Giannis and LeBron went back to play with them oh, and they man. had Giannis just- LeBron, what a disgusting! Oh man, just disgusting. That'd be like, crazy. Do you think LeBron leaves after that oh, if he has Giannis as a running mate? Why, why would you? Like oh. with, with Kyrie, LeBron, and Giannis, why would you would leave that team? Like that's an unstoppable team. Do you think he becomes the Giannis he is today if LeBron joins his team during those years no. where he's developing? Probably not. I think Gian, I think Giannis had to like he had to. He had decided I need to step up and I need to be a like uh, the player that he wants to be and he, what he became. Maybe, yeah, maybe he doesn't become that player. He doesn't need to. He plays with LeBron James. <laughs> Why would you? You don't need to become that player to win. But you know, I can again. Giannis, I think, is a type of player that maybe this is because Milwaukee is really bad at managing a team. But I don't. I currently I don't see him ever winning a chip. I mean, it's still kind of early to say that, but. Even now, like with the NBA, it's hard to like. Uh, you need guards and wings to win. Mm-hmm. Like for what Giannis gives you, he's got some holes in his in his game, which are big holes that need to be filled. And Milwaukee, for yeah. some reason, can't fill those holes. I don't know why. And we've talked about this before about right, like, but letting mm-hmm. Brogdon go, I think, was one of the biggest mistakes that they've ever made in yeah. recent history. Like, he was part of the 50-40-90 club or something. Yeah, like, awesome. Like, how do you trade that or let that go? I gotta, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, so Giannis, Gobert, McCullum, Oladipo, yep. that's our top four. Yeah. Like, that's a solid top four with draft, right? All sure. those guys are impact players. Oladipo, injuries, right? So sad because yeah. he, was he, was, a, he was playing at a great level. In before Indiana, he before hurt. he got hurt, like a huge level. In, or- in Orlando, he was playing mm-hmm. pretty well in his first couple of years. Steven Adams has been a pretty serviceable player too. And yeah, I mean, the guy looks like he's, he's going to kill you. Like, but look, he looks like a scary <laughs> dude. But Otto Porter, good player. Schroeder, pretty serviceable player now with the Lakers. You know, he almost he was almost a Raptor from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I like Schroeder actually as a point yeah. guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's coming in at number seven. Covington mm-hmm. breaks the top ten here. Yeah, you know, going from so. undrafted to top eight, I think. I think he deserves it. Mm-hmm. The impact he brings teams. And if you look around like at players who've been traded over the last few years, like him, he's been traded all over the time because everyone wants him. And then he goes to teams that suck and they're like, well, he's our only valuable asset. Yeah. <laughs> and so they get rid of him. He's been on Philadelphia a couple of times, Minnesota twice. He's been everywhere. Houston he's been everywhere. twice. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Portland yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number nine, we have Mason Plumley going. Who, yeah, he looks so much more promising in his first few seasons on Brooklyn. 
Yeah. And he just kind of, he's one of those players, right. Who started off really strong and never got better. Like he hit his peak way too early. Right. Yeah. I think that's Cody, like with Zeller. Cody Zeller. I think with these big guys, like even like Cody Zeller, like he's, he's okay. He's, he's, you know, he's an important piece for that Charlotte team currently. And uh, I just say, I think with some of these big guys, right. Like they're, they, they came into the league with such high, like they, they were pretty much already at their ceiling. Yes. Yeah. Like they, they're, they're, yeah. the game didn't have enough, like they, they didn't need to grow into anything more. Mm-hmm. Like shooters take time to develop, right? Like even just the fact that the three point line is further back than it is in college, right? That takes time to develop and running that offense. But these guys, yeah, you stand in the net, you dunk, it's 10 foot net either way. Like you're honest, just pass you the ball over everyone. You're just going to dunk, right? So, yeah. And I think that's why you see teams more so now going for the best player available and not fit. Because yeah. that was a big trend, fit, and you always go the wrong. You always pick the wrong player when you go fit. Yeah, you need to go best player or best potential available. Yeah, so yeah, you look at this draft like Giannis, like obviously the best player, but like I think looking back, you know, he wasn't at that time, and I think like almost that worth that work ethic, I think from what I've seen from him is almost far none to maybe LeBron James, like that ethic mm-hmm. of just. I, I need to win at all costs and doesn't matter. Right. And like, yeah. I, and that's how, like, that's almost impossible to pick up when you're scouting a player. But honestly, it's not that crazy. I, I actually think it's easier to spot than people make it out to scene. Because like, like Anthony Edwards, like think of his interviews this past year. He barely likes basketball. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I would have taken him in that top five. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and even now too, with like social media, it's probably getting easier. You had to spot those things and like the lifestyle of a player. Yeah. Even in 2013, like you know, it was that kind of stuff was just kind of really getting into high gear. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's no excuse now for messing up so badly. Yeah, like if a player's undrafted and makes it in, or if a player gets in the second round that should have been like a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there's no excuses anymore. I don't think. Yeah. Either way. I agree with you. Plumley, Zeller, they were already at their peak when they got in the league. They, we already knew what they were. Yeah. Uh, CP or yeah, I keep saying CP three because I want to. Yeah. Call. Yeah. But uh, Coswell Pope, we have him only dropping to eleven. Like he's he's still a great rotation piece, right? He, he mm-hmm. does what he's supposed to do. He never developed like Detroit really had expected him to become more and more of that scorer, but he's never really mm-hmm. developed that side. Yeah. But yeah, he's still a good player. Serviceable player. All these guys. Kelly Olnick, same guy. Great role player. Mm-hmm. He knows his role and plays it. And plays Tim Hardaway well. Jr. Yeah. Knows his role and plays it. Dang, this is where I, this is the only difference that I have with you. I think Noel, Nerlens Noel comes up higher. Mm-hmm. And I know he's had some down seasons, but I think that he is, I mean, this year on the next this year, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've unlocked him for sure. Uh, but I think his, he probably still has potential compared to some of these guys who for already sure. know they are. Which if is crazy. anyone's going to get better and move up this list, it's, it's gonna most be likely going to be Noel yeah. for sure. Seriously. Yeah, I I think that yeah. is the case. Yeah. After Alan. that, yeah, Alan Crabb, Tony Snell, Andre wow. Robertson, Seth Curry going 19th. Oh, imagine that. Imagine Cleveland takes Giannis number one and Seth Curry number 19. And then pick up Della Vadova as a Pretty as a Della free Vidova. agent. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would have been the, the yeah. dream draft. I just it's a dream right there. Oh, man, like 
what happened with Anthony Bennett? Like what, like if you, if you could say what happened, like what would you say happened? I think that he, first off, I think he was overvalued. Sure. Because he didn't dominate. Like he plays a game and this might sound funny, but similar to like a Zion where it's just, I'm going to overpower you. Mm-hmm. But he didn't even do that at the same level as like a Zion. Right. And so you bring him in and he's like, you're now our focal point of this offense. Basically, like we're going to give you the ball because we're such a bad team. Like just mm-hmm. take it. See, I imagine he got drafted, you know, a couple picks down and gets go gets to go to a team that already has a main guy or another guy or like two or three guys who are kind of already developing just ahead of him slightly. Mm-hmm. I think he turns into more of a serviceable like rotation piece, that kind of guy. I just think he was given too much too fast. And I think his, it was all mental for him. I think yeah. he was the number one pick, which he probably never even thought he was ever going to be. Yeah. So he's now he's now he's to live up to that mm-hmm. on a team that just had who LeBron James, LeBron James. Yeah. And you're expected to be that if you're the number one pick, right. For yeah. that team and yeah. those fan, that fan base. So I think it was mostly mental for him. Yeah. I honestly do believe that because even now, like he plays for team Canada and he's, good like he plays great he dom- mm-hmm. he's dominating these these other countries in, in these games for them he's you think their he best make player a comeback i think he can make a comeback <laughs> yeah I, I honestly do believe that he will be back in the league in the next three four years for sure i don't think he's ever going to be that level where anyone ever thought he should have been like yeah. cleveland specific specifically but i think he gets back in the league and is a rotation piece and a great comeback feel good story for sure, for sure. I, I see that happening yeah he was a raptor I, but yeah <laughs> he was a raptor too <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? Uh, yeah. 2015, 16, <sighs> by 19 games. But even imagine that, right? You then go to your home country. Imagine yeah. the mental stress of that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. now I got to prove myself that I was worth that first round pick yeah. in 2013. For sure. For my home fans. <laughs> I agree with you. I, yeah, I think most of it was mental for him. He just, yeah, he just watching him play, he just didn't seem like he was enjoying himself. I just don't think, yeah, he couldn't get his head in the game. And I mean, yeah, you're right. I think the expectation on him was so, so high. They just there was no possible way he can live up to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if he's a tenth overall pick and he is who he is, mm-hmm. then no one's really complaining, right? Like yeah. he took a chance at ten, and he probably actually turns into a better player than he did. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he ever had the high end talent because he doesn't even do what he's supposed to do well, the yeah. best, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's sad, but it is sad, and you never want to see that, especially for you know a Canadian, but you know. Especially it's, Canadians. RJ Bear better be good. That's all I'm going to say. He's, prom- he's looking promising. He's doing well. The Knicks are doing well. I love him. But the problem is every time we have a player that goes in the top few picks, like Bennett, Wiggins, these guys who everyone in Canada is like, he is the next LeBron. LeBron James. He's the next. Yeah. That's, that's you what we said about Wiggins. He's the next LeBron that's, James. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, we could do it's a top sad. Canadian player. I mean, you know, Steve Nash, like we could be it, it, Steve Nash yeah, number pretty, one, and then it's, it's pretty. pretty small. After that, you're like, oh, who cares? <laughs> I mean, now we have some great players. Like, you know, I think Jamal Murray is going to be pretty high on that list now of yeah. all time Canadians. But yeah, we have Bear, some good players be, in the league. Mm-hmm. I agree. Kelly Olynyk better turn into something if Barrett can be what he's supposed to be, or even what like how dominant he was in like the under 19s and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was dominant. They were yeah. beating American teams. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks this year, I think, 
this is a great year for him to get some much needed playoff experience. And mm-hmm. I think they'll do well in the playoffs. What are you talking about Come back next year and win the chip. <sighs> okay. Could you far. imagine the Knicks going from no. the worst team no. and then two years later winning? It would make me so mad. Year, if they win around this year, it's just well, yeah, I think they win around, but beyond that, I don't think they're gonna do much more. Not gonna beat I a Brooklyn team. They'll win around. I just oh, where are they? I don't even know where they are now. They're gonna finish fourth. That's what I'm calling fourth. They're, yeah, they're in that four or five, six seeds. That's where they're at right now. Yeah, they're fourth right now. Yeah, they're they're, they're pretty much day fourth. They're two and a half up, up on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Looks like our Raptors are officially out of it three games and the wizards are not losing so that's okay and then the raptors can select jalen suggs imagine all i want i want him to drop to that five to seven spot raptors pick him up there what did we we get first overall pick we could we could get first i don't see it happening that's i mean it's possible it is Realistically, it's not going to happen. <laughs> the NBA is going to see that. They're like, yeah, no, sorry. We're, they're going to fix it. They're going to give it to like the Knicks or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we didn't mean, we need to do a re, a re, a redraw. <laughs> but accidentally pick up a Knicks ball. Like, how did that get, well, I guess again, first overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, what, what, oh, what, what year should we redraft next? <laughs> Honestly, we should just do 2003. That's got to be the strongest draft class of our lifetime. We could. Yeah, for sure. Darko Milicek. How in the world? How did he go so high? Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. That would be a fun one because the the top-end talent was so high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would be fun to rank the top-end talent. Yeah, because those are like, you know, top 15 players basically of all time. You could say even two, right, out of that – Carmelo yeah. Anthony, I think, was drafted that year too. We got LeBron, Melo, Wade, Bosch, Bosch, and Darko, and, and Darko. Can't forget about Darko. That's high in talent. Yeah, that's high in talent. Well, I think that wraps up everything. I mean, I think, I think the news is going to start to pick up a bit as the uh, play-in tournament is later this month. Playoffs he, uh, kick in at the end of the month, so I think. It's gonna it's gonna get good. I'm ex- I'm excited for this play-in tournament. I've said it before, but I think it's good. We we talked about this last week, but I think it's good for the NBA that they're trying different things. And if anything, it's gonna be exciting basketball to watch. Do or die basketball at the NBA level. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Looking All forward right. to it. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us. Join us on Twitter at Courtside Cron, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Courtside Chronicles. We have a new episode up every Monday morning. We'd love to have you back. If you could, subscribe to the pod and also rate and review. It really helps us out. We'll see you again next week.